As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. We're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at buildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and download a free chapter. Today on the podcast, we talked with Costa Guerra, founder and CEO of Ionic. He talks with us about the differences between a traditional consumer product environment, like cosmetics or energy drinks, versus a B2B software company. We cover everything from product development to sales, marketing, and growth. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank InVision App. Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to Envision app forward slash rocket ship to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocket ship to start sending emails that convert. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We're here with Costa Gara, the founder and CEO of Vionic Costa. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how you got started on this journey. Oh, wow. That's going to tell you how old I am. <laughs> we, we don't even have to say years, but let's talk about some of the previous things that you've done. Interestingly enough, I have uh, I actually uh, went to school, studied uh, computer engineering, and uh, I was a scholarship student back in those uh, 90s, days of uh, 90s. And uh, that's what I studied. That's what uh, I wanted to become. I wanted to become an engineer. But at 22, I came across uh, direct sales world and uh, came across a couple line of cosmetic lines and uh, decided to persuade that path uh, just shortly after. So I stepped away from uh, the world of technology and got into that uh, back about 18 years ago. 
Um, so if we were looking at today, tell us a little bit about the background of Vionic. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm glad you asked. You know, Vionic really is a social media deal platform, and uh, we enable brands and SMBs to offer exclusive deals and promotions on social media, basically Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. And really the best way I can describe is uh, uh, to, to think of our companies essentially Groupon on first Facebook, a do-it-yourself platform for business owners who can market their deals and promotion right on Facebook. That sounds awesome. Where did you come up with this problem or the problem to solve? Um, I, I came across Groupon uh, just about three, four years ago and, uh, you know, talking to a lot of my friends that own a small business and I discovered the challenges they're facing and the limited uh, uh, flexibility they had or the, the limitation Groupon had had in put in place for, for these small businesses to succeed or be able to reap the benefits. So I decided to come up with something that actually it's designed for SMBs, not necessarily for consumers. Although we keep both in mind, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, basically disrupt that market that has always been catered to consumers. As you guys know, Groupon caters to consumers. So basically moves mountains of people from an SMB to another, to another, and another. So that means that none of them are loyal to any particular SMB. So what we decided to do, to come up with a platform that is do-it-yourself and empowering SMBs to target to their audience and build their own audience on, uh, on their own pace, on their own time. Very cool. So how have you approached the sales angle on this in, in getting um, kind of the SMBs to be faithful to you? You know, you know that's, uh, <clears throat> to be candid, that was one of the toughest things for us. Uh, you know, being in this space, having a, a product that is so new that uh, that is still not well-branded or well-recognized, it, it was an uphill battle. And uh, that's one of the challenges. Uh, if I could point one thing for me over the last four years is how we break into a market and reduce the education, the cycle for, for, for them learning, the learning curve, we call it in this industry, that... Uh, that is SMB, a small business owner can, can quickly adapt, learn and, and utilize the product. That has been the, the most challenging part for us. But, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, we've sort of gathered and captured uh, a wide range of audiences from a small mom and pop shop down the street, the, you know, name it a dry cleaner, all the way to Fortune 50 worldwide. And really that has been true. Uh, you know, uh, trials and errors and, and trying new techniques and online and offline and many different techniques. But for us, what really worked so far, and obviously we're far from the success we wanted to be, what has worked is, is getting the SMBs utilize our product, use it actually, and see the instant gratification of the product. I think that is the key in 2014. You, whatever product you have, you know, our attention spam is down to 1.5 seconds. And if people don't see results, it's unbelievable how quickly they change their mind. So that's what we focus and emphasize and put our energy over the last couple of years to, to go from, a, uh, you know, minutes 
down to seconds in for instant gratification when it comes to our product. Interesting. So how are you measuring that? Are, are you doing like in-person testing? Is it like a one-on-one sales or is there a, a different avenue that you're taking? Uh, we did. I mean, we actually, we've done all the above you mentioned. Uh, we've, uh, we've actually uh, done a test on uh, local market SMBs. We've done it with the corporate brands, Fortune 500. We've, uh, we've also done a screen testing, uh, um, which basically you hire a company that they can test the product with uh, random users. So we've done a lot of different testing and, and we figured out the simplest route from A to B is the shortest path to get them to see results soon. And, and this is why when you look at all the companies that are today successful in this space, it really contributes to their success in, in, in getting uh, that gratification for their users instantly mm. within a few minutes of logging in. So what, what has been the challenges um, approaching a tech product versus uh, a more traditional industry like cosmetics? Oh my gosh, I can write a book about that, <laughs> just on that question. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I mean, they both have their own challenges, but, uh, you know, one of my uh, other companies, uh, Energy Drink uh, uh, Company, mm-hmm. uh, we've been in that space for a number of years now, actually seven years, turning into, going into eight and we've had obviously our ups and downs and uh, it's a successful company generating tens of millions of dollars in sales annually. But one of the, to answer your question, one of the biggest difference I see, differences between the typical conventional, we call it a traditional marketing versus our space of technology. You know, you launch a product in a consumer-based product uh, you know, that product is good to go for next 18 to 24 months without you even needing to change the packaging or even the brochure. Mm. And here we release a version of our product before the product goes from sandbox to live, our production already working on the next version. <laughs> right. And that just means all of us, we just finished learning about this new version. We're already learning what's next coming and it's the amount, the sheer amount of knowledge you have to acquire on a day-to-day basis is just is, is, is tremendous in, respond, in respect to the other industries. So things change very quickly. It's, as they say, Rome wasn't built overnight, uh, but here in this space, I feel like it's actually different. You know, <laughs> you really got to build Rome overnight or you'll be left in the dust. So in terms of like where your energy is spent, um, if you're not having to obviously uh, iterate on the product with something more traditional like um, an energy drink, um, I'm assuming most of your energy goes towards just sales and marketing and getting as many people to use it as possible, which is something that doesn't disappear with software. So how do you um, kind of allocate resources to make sure that you're still doing all those marketing activities, but also able to iterate on product? Very good question, actually. what We, we did it a little differently. And uh, when we launched the product back in 2012, in third quarter of 2012, we decided to do a street testing the product, you know, take it to the market and see how people feel about it. And, you know, we did about uh, just under $100,000 in revenue in, in a period of 60 days testing the product out there. And we had a few thousand people signed up. 
And what we did, we realized, although the people loved the product, they were not uh, successful generating results for themselves. Although it was getting revenue for our company, they were not able to duplicate and, 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 and getting that gratification they wanted. So what we did, very different. I don't know. I would recommend that necessarily to people looking at it. And I did it differently because I believed in if you bring a quality product to the market, people come from a million miles away to try and test the product. And so what I did, I spent the entire 2013 of, of improving the product and relaunching the that next version of it, as we call the 2.0 uh, version, so we can bring the product to the market that people can see results. So that's where we invested a quite a bit of our efforts and resources uh, in 2013. And 2014, to answer your question, we decided to devote a big segment of our pro- of our of our budget and resources to get the product to the market. And that's where we're able to sign up, you know, a lot of Fortune 500 from Toyota to Nissan to UPS store, Intercontinental Hotel, but as well, hundreds of small little moms and pops, different cities in different countries that actually sees results. As a matter of fact, we have uh, one example comes to my mind. Uh, we have a California yoga out of San Francisco who's been using our product for two years uh, and, and based on my conversation, he's actually uh, one of our uh, testimonials on our site. He's super happy with our product. He's seen tremendous results. He's gone even uh, on his own, done a test between Groupon Living Social and Vionic Platform, and the results are on our website. So what we are doing today, we're devoting a lot of our time and, and dedicating it to making sure every single one of our customers see results, because I really believe in that word of mouth. So we're, we're making sure every time we bring a customer, they see results, they're happy as soon as they can, so they can put a good word out there and, and continue being a lifetime user, which you guys know how important it is in our space. Yeah. Are you doing anything to kind of encourage them to share the product? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do have uh, many components within our platform and one of them called the referral components, uh, both for the end user, meaning consumers, and as well for the, the, obviously, the SMBs. So Mm. if they refer a handful of people, uh, actually the number is 10, uh, we have what is called a back-end fee. Uh, for example, Groupon or Living Social charge upwards of 40 to 60% on every dollar uh, they generate revenue for you. We charge 9.9%. We call it a transaction fee, uh, which is sub 10%. And we actually give SMBs 1% per referral. So if you refer 10 people, you basically keep the entire revenue to yourself for life. Wow. Yeah. Which is unheard of in our space. And uh, that's something we've done to 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 motivate them and as well, uh, you know, uh, help them to uh, share the product and help us as well. What are some of the other big differences you've seen in uh, selling to consumers versus selling to businesses? Well, uh, just here in North America, in the United States alone, 300 million users like you and I versus 28 million SMBs. So you're limiting the market by 90%. So when you're dealing with SMB, so we really have 28 million in the United States to go after. That is the entire market. Uh, 
So that's one of the challenges. Number two, I feel it's slightly easier if you're dealing with consumers directly versus you're dealing with B2B. Because, you know, a business owner, take it a typical spa owner or a yoga studio or a, 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 or a, or a spa or a gym, they usually have uh, the owner that involved in a little bit of an accounting, a little bit of in a cutting the hair and cleaning and at the front desk. So he wears number of hats. So he has a limited uh, time to, to spare to a marketing platform, yet he has time to learn. So that's a challenging part. So we have to really focus on our marketing efforts to get the message across in in a fraction of a time that we would have spent with an average consumer. And that is the, the, the million dollar challenge when it comes to marketing to them. Interesting. You mentioned um, going from V1 to V2 and deciding to shift the focus from product development over to marketing. That's a switch that we went through as well. How do you know, did you predetermine that year as product development time? Or how did you know when you were ready to make the switch? And was it a clean switch or did you have to kind of go back and forth until you really nailed what the market wanted? You know, looking back, I wish I had a crystal ball could tell me how long that would take. Um, you know, I, it wasn't a clean, uh, clean uh, 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 transition. And as well, it was uh, it, I, I never anticipated a full year of uh, going through that uh, plan. I mean, we, we put a time aside for 90 days where we can take a lot of their feedbacks and request and wish list, what we call, and, and implement it. And then one thing led into another. And, you know, when you have a platform like ours where almost we're sitting at under 50 million line of codes, handwritten codes, that we sit on a number of uh, existing platforms like Facebook or, or Twitter or Google+, and then we have about a dozen different APIs. So as you can see, we're already agile and dealing with agile environments on a very shaky ground back in 2012, 2013. And as you all know, one uh, modification Facebook makes, it, it basically screws up everything in our production, in our API. So it was a very difficult experience for us. One of the most painful thing I've experienced in my business uh, uh, history of 20 years almost uh, that I personally experienced a challenge we were going through. And although we were planning for 90 days, let's collect the data, let's collect the requests, and let's give them what they want on a version 2.0. And it turned out to be a full year because it was just so much more involved. And we wanted to make sure that when somebody lands on our product, 99% uptime, 99% it works, and they get results because results is the key which we learned that has to happen very quickly or they leave the platform. Looking back, um, do you think you would have launched sooner um, or do you think you would have done anything to shorten up that time or was that full year necessary? Uh, I think that would be book number two followed with the previous (laughs) question. (laughs) For sure, absolutely. You know, looking back, uh, I have a little bit of a... I guess OCD, if you call it, uh, I'm a perfectionist. So I wanted to have a product that works if I could hundred mm-hmm. percent of times, but looking back to answer your question, you know, what reviewing the last two years, what I would have probably done different, 
probably uh, allocated more resources and funding through that process to sales and marketing. What mm -hmm. I didn't want to do is have users, or, or in this case, SMBs use our product and, and leave a better taste in their mouth. Okay. So I was very cautious not releasing it two days too early. I think and that's that was, something we all struggle with too, is you never feel like it's ready and there is kind of a point where you need to just get it out. But again, like you, you want to be cautious of that first impression you give your users. Correct. And, and the other challenge, uh, not, to, not to defend myself, but 18 years of my life, I've been in a consumer product driven space, which, you know, we were uh, extremely successful, but, but in a very different, it's a different animal in respect to, uh, you know, the tech world we live today, all of us. And it's a go, go, go. You know, in a previous industry, I read no more than 15 minutes a day. And I was considered the king of, of reading in my space. Wow. Here, I read an average two and a half to three hours a day between uh, uh, Flipboard and, and Mashables and TechCrunch. I mean, I'm just constantly, every waking moment, from bathroom to, I have an iPad in my shower <laughs> that I read because I'm afraid I'm falling behind. It's crazy. They launch something and 16 minutes later, they have a new version of it out and I'm falling behind. So like, I feel like if I could take one iPad to, to my bedroom, I don't think my girlfriend would allow me, but I would read all the time. That's a difference in our space today compared to the other industries. Mm. It's a very fast pace. So you really got to keep up with everything. So you said something when we, when we were talking about kind of the product development that I thought was really interesting, which was that you would have done more marketing before the product was ready. Um, what would you have been doing in that time? Looking back, probably I would have uh, released 10,000 free licenses out there. Okay. And uh, rather than because we were so focused, you know, I come from an industry that revenue is everything. Yeah. Uh, you're not focused at acquiring a, 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 a lifetime value of the customer, rather generating revenue in this quarter for shareholders. So coming to this space was very different. And uh, what I would have done is give away 10,000 licenses out there, forget about revenue, and literally let them try, let them, let them dictate the terms they would like to see as the product is shaping its form to version 2.0. So you would have let them use version one and, and just gotten more feedback instead of kind of closing off and, and not saying anything? Correct. Okay. I mean, that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's the one thing that none of us do is, is we don't talk to customers until we release it. And it's, uh, it's an amazing lesson to learn. Correct. And one of the other things uh, we implemented is we have uh, what we call board of consu consumers and customers, where we select handful of our customers and, you know, just imagine a board members. Okay. But they're really customers where they can openly tell us how they feel about our product and as if they're sitting on the board. So we invite them, we, we, uh, we take care of them, and as well, we get their feedback on, on what they like to see or what the challenges they've encountered with our product that we can fix and correct for the future releases. That's great. And you keep them around long term? 
Well, I think that's a goal. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, like they, you, you have kind of a formal um, or informal agreement with them that they will kind of be your board of, of consumers. Yeah, definitely. I'll classify it as an informal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yet, yet, uh, really, they're, they, they're, they're, what they say, it weighs a lot okay. in, the, in the roadmap of our product. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a great idea. Um, Very few people do that. I mean, in my other industry, in my other company, uh, literally my best friend and I who own the company, we don't decide the future of the products or the future of the compensation. We go to each market. We deal in 30 plus countries and, and hundreds of thousands of distributors worldwide. We go to each market, empower the, the top producers and ask them what they feel, what they like, what they don't like. And we collect them, find a common denominator between all the markets, and we implement the final version of something they all love and want. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's something I think we should all be doing um, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Where can we keep up with you and Vionic online? Well, for, as far as Vionic, obviously our website is very simple, V-I-O-N-I-C, Vionic.com, one word. And uh, as for myself, uh, CostaGara.com. And uh, we're uh, very excited. Really, for me, if I may end it with this, um, f- for me, when I came out of retirement and when I have witnessed what is this country is going through, as a, as, as a matter of fact, the whole world is going through. But more yeah. importantly, since we all live in U.S. here, what we're experiencing here is is a shift of of, of, of our economy where it's becoming an hourglass where the middle class is squeezing and it's pouring down to the, to the, to the, to the lower level and the rich obviously get richer, but it's becoming hourglass where our middle class were at some point were the, 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 the biggest contributor to the economy. And that middle class are what we call the small mom and pop business owners. And and they, today you see so many of them go out of business for so many reasons. So for me, I came out of retirement to pay it forward, to empower these SMBs, uh, to to give them uh, a product that they can dictate the terms, have a control and be able to uh, run their business on their own terms, at their own will, not someone else's uh, uh, desire or, or, or budget. So. Uh, that's something I wanted to do and I wanted to pay it forward. That's really been our mission to, because as you all know, uh, you know, the small businesses are the backbone of our country mm-hmm. and they're the ones that hire so many people and empower so many new generation. So really we wanted to help them, give them a product that is, uh, that is very beneficial for them and helps them rev- generate revenue. So in closing, really what Vionic does, we convert online traffic to foot traffic. And I don't know if you guys heard recently, IBM Futurist predicted five things will change in the next five years until 2019. And one of them was that the local retail business will surpass online retail business. The local retail business, the little mom and pop businesses around our streets here in America will surpass online business. And those are the people that back are the backbone of our economy and who Vionic is uh, going after to help and cater our products for. Because so many of us 
want to help our our uh, our economy locally and we want to help in our community and yet we're so accustomed to go on a path to buy things online. So although online is not going away, but I think local businesses are are gaining more momentum, more traction for those that are are building their business to take care of local people in their community. Yeah. I I really hope that is right. Um, well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks thank for coming you on. For yeah, this was great. Thank you, guys.